No one has shown more contempt for other nations and for the well-being of their own people than the depraved regime in North Korea. All right, that was President Trump uh, earlier today uh, ordering a new round of sanctions on individuals, companies, and banks doing business with North Korea as the U.S. increases pressure on Pyongyang for its weapons programs. And then, of course, just moments ago, we heard U.S. Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin also here in New York uh, addressing those North Korean sanctions. Uh, Anders Core is founder of Core Analytics. It's an international political risk analysis firm. They work with uh, governments and businesses. He joins us. Anders does on the phone in New York City. Uh, Anders, nice to have you here with us. What is your advice to governments around the world and to the businesses that you work with when it comes to what's going on specifically in North Korea? Well, in terms of governments, I think that uh, it's wise to start disengaging uh, with North Korea. Actually, that would have been wise long ago. Uh, But I, I also think that the only way that uh, we're going to be able to put pressure on North Korea to stop its nuclear weapons program is to put pressure on China. Uh, so the, the the involvement of China in North Korea's pro, uh, nuclear program is pretty clear from the reporting. Um, and so ultimately, uh, any any you know the pressure, whether it's uh, economic pressure, economic sanctions, is going to have to start. Uh, focusing on Chinese companies uh, that are doing with, uh, business with North Korea, because because that's all is left, right? I mean, that's that's the sort of suggestion here is that anything that's happening, if anything at all is happening economically with North Korea, it's happening directly through China, through other, it's through ships leaving uh, North Korean ports and ending up in China, or financing that somehow ends up uh, uh, happening through the Bank of China or through China. Exactly, seventy-five percent of North Korea's exports are through China. Uh, It's that export income that allows North Korea to uh, create its uh, nuclear weapons force. And it's technology transfers from China. We see that the the trucks that carry the nuclear weapons, the nose cone designs, the the, uh, very exotic fuels that are used in North Korea's missiles are all uh, connected in some way to China. So, uh, you know, that that focus has to uh, come onto China, and actually, uh, the Trump administration, to its credit, has started to focus on China economically in terms of economic sanctions, while at the same time increasing military pressure on uh, North Korea itself. Uh, Further sanctions on North Korea really won't do much. We've been sanctioning them economically uh, for decades. Uh, it's it's a completely failed strategy. So, um, you know, what, what has to happen is a much stronger uh, military pressure on North Korea and much stronger economic sanctions against any interests within China that continue to do business with North Korea. You know, China now accounts for the bulk of North Korea's trade, right? And they share a border. And there's a, there's a fascinating story that we've got on Bloomberg Business Week this week that talks specifically about some of those Chinese northeastern provinces. Um, they're kind of the old rust belt, if you will, of China. And they are strong 
struggling. And uh, because of these sanctions, there is seafood trade that is stopping uh, between North Korea and China. And, you know, China's watching this to some extent closely because they don't want disruption or protests within their own country uh, at this point. It, these are complicated relationships. And I think we don't maybe necessarily understand some of the relationships between China and North Korea. What is more important? What do you tell your clients? What's more important, the China-U.S. relationship or the China-North Korea relationship? Or both to China? Well, I mean, to China, the, the U.S. relationship is far more important. We've got $600 billion worth of trade every year with, uh, with China. And so, you know, that's paramount. So China's watching very, very closely any discussion or any comments about economic sanctions that could affect China, because that could decrease their GDP growth. Mm -hmm. And if China's GDP growth is decreased, that really threatens Xi Jinping's hold on power right. in Beijing. Uh, so it, it's, it's uh, you know, that is the, that, but at the same time, U.S. business interests want to keep that $600 billion of trade every year going because uh, we make a lot of money on that. So there's a there's a balance and sort of a brinkmanship, economic brinkmanship that's going on between Trump and Beijing right now. How how tricky is it, um, Anders, in terms of the timing of all of this? You've got what next month? You've got the Communist Party getting ready for that. You know, one in a five year reshuffle of their top leaders. And as you said, Xi Jinping doesn't really want unrest at this point. But how does that timing of um, you know, things politically in China complicate things here? Well, I think the timing is good for Trump. But uh, in a month or so after that party Congress, when Xi Jinping has consolidated his power, the, the balance of power will move back to Xi Jinping. So Trump needs to take action now and make a win now before that Congress, uh, because now is when he has his bargaining leverage. After the Congress, uh, you know, GDP growth in China could decrease and Xi Jinping could maintain power. So now is the time that we have a chance to threaten China's economic growth. Uh, but that won't we won't have that chance. Uh, that won't that that threat won't carry much weight uh, in about a month. What is the other business of the Bank of China that that the U.S. might lose because of what it's done or how, you know, might be in risk of violating if it continues its past practices? Well, China holds about a trillion dollars of U.S. debt. Um, you know, so the threat uh, that people talk about there is that they could uh, unload that debt on the market, um, thereby increasing uh, U.S. interest rates. I really don't think that, uh, you know, I actually think that if the bank, owe, you know, if you owe the bank $1,000, the bank owns you. If you owe the bank a million dollars, you own the bank. So I think we have quite a bit of leverage on China right now because if they were to try to unload that debt, they would they would take a loss. Do you think ultimately anything's going to change in terms of how North Korea does things uh, going forward? Well, it has to. If it doesn't, uh, then the U.S. you know U.S. national security uh, it's an existential threat to the U.S. So uh, people need to wake up to that. People need to demand that their elected leaders. Uh, take stronger action. And it's not only action against North Korea, it's action against China. So that's the only way to change this. Well, uh, except that, you know, North Korea is acting, you know, in this, in the same way that, that Iran was able to get a lot of the things that it wanted by 
having and then dismantling a nuclear program, North Korea is following the exact same playbook, where they're by building up a nuclear program, they're gaining more uh, presence and power on the world stage, so suggesting they might not walk away from this, even if sanctions are getting rougher, because things are already terrible in North Korea. Right. But I do think that uh, unlike Iran, uh, China has a, quite a bit more power uh, against North Korea in terms of economic power, even military power. I mean, they're right there on the border. Uh, so, you know, North Korea could not withstand, uh, you know, China could increase its military pressure on North Korea as well. Uh, so, you know, that that's a, we, ha- we have a chance. We can influence China. China can influence North Korea. So that is a that is a chance at a nonviolent solution to this conflict. Are you surprised how things have escalated? Anders? Uh, I mean, I've... Yeah. I've <laughs> he was surprised by the question. I think about that. <laughs> well, uh, I just, I feel like I mean, we have so I, many global issues that have been going on, and it's just, I, I'm not saying that this wasn't out there, but it just seems interesting that, um, I don't know, like it, it has escalated, not because of necessarily what the U.S. has done, but what North Korea has done in terms of nuclear missiles, but I'm just curious, as you watch a lot of global issues. It's been, you know, it's been building over the years, so in the 90s, uh, the Clinton administration actually considered preemptive military action against North Korea. So I, I've actually been more surprised that we haven't taken stronger action against North Korea and China on this in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's you know, I'm a little bit heartened by uh, Trump's taking a stand on this issue because I think it's long overdue. Yeah, it's it's uh, um, but obviously the the playbook was there, and and, and uh, it's just the the risk of you know China and what China might do, and what a, a change in Chinese trade, whether it's with Treasuries or beyond, might might ultimately mean. Uh, really great stuff. Uh, so lucky to have you, uh, Andres Carr uh, of Car Analytics, Core Analytics, I should say. Uh, glad to have you on. You're listening to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio. I'm Corey Johnson in our AM 960 studios uh, at Corey TV on Twitter. She's at Carol Master on Twitter, and this is Bloomberg. <laughs> 